Hello, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Today's episode is created for the active woman who has made faith a big part of her life and wants to make much of Jesus in all that she does, including her fitness journey. After tuning into this podcast, you'll be able to spend less time stressing over your workouts and more time enjoying them. You'll be able to see your body as good enough as is and know how to approach your fitness in a way that honors the Lord and your body at the same time. So without further ado, let's dive in. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast, and I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. And before I dive into today's topic, or perhaps as I dive into today's topic, I'd like to share an analogy that will help you understand why today's topic, why faith-fueled fitness is so important for active Christian women. And it goes like this. See, one rainy day, you encounter three different people at the grocery store. Imagine that you're in the checkout line and you hear one man cheerfully greet the cashier with a sunny disposition. When asked why he was so cheerful, he replies with, oh, I've been praying for this rain for two weeks now, friend. And with this rain, we might actually be able to pay our bills this month. (laughs) That was a farmer and he walked off on his merry way. The cashier smiles and takes on the next customer who happens to be a bride with mascara running down her face, purchasing some tissues and more waterproof mascara. When the cashier asks what's wrong, she replies, this rain is the last thing I wanted on my wedding day. And because of it, we're going to have to postpone our wedding. She says in just absolute tears, the bride storms off and then the next customer rolls up in line. As he puts his chicken noodle soup, his Ritz crackers and Pedialyte on the conveyor belt, the cashier asks, and how do you feel about the rainy day today, sir? To which the customer just replies, well, it doesn't really bother me. I'm off work today taking care of my wife with food poisoning anyways. Now, in this analogy, what was different and what stayed the same? The rain stayed the same. It was just the situation. What was drastically different was the meaning that each customer gave the rain in their life. Does this make sense? The farmer was just absolutely floored to see the rain because for him, it meant he could pay the bills that month, but the bride was absolutely distraught because it meant she wasn't getting married when she wanted to. And then that super caring husband, he just didn't really care less. And what can we learn from this analogy? See, how you choose to see things determines what the outcome will be. I can guarantee you that the farmer had a pretty darn good day after the rain, but the bride probably spent the rest of the day in a bad mood while maybe the doting husband wasn't even affected, right? And here's the tie-in. As a believer, how you choose to see your body and how you choose to see fitness will determine how your body feels, acts, and responds to you. I'm constantly listening. Your body is constantly listening to you and what you say 
about it. It's always listening for your input, for how you feel about it. If you have a hard time with this, just ask yourself how you felt internally when you got tagged in that Facebook photo that maybe you didn't like or caught a reflection of your hips or shoulder that kind of caught you off guard. Your reaction was likely visceral. Maybe you got sweaty palms. Maybe you got a racing heartbeat. You ran to your computer. You pulled up your phone, right? And you had that bad feeling in your gut, okay? That's because it's impossible to disconnect our body and our brain from our spiritual health. They are completely interconnected. When we perceive something as a certain way, when we have that response, our body is listening. Just as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three separate entities in one, our body also has three separate entities, but they all are together. That analogy can break down. I am not a theology major, but this is a helpful analogy for us to know. Body, mind, and spirit, they are all connected. And we cannot approach fitness that trains our body without believing that it is also affecting our mind and spirit. And likewise, we cannot pretend that our spirit is not affecting our mind or our body. Just like the Holy Spirit is not the same as the God the Father and God the Father is not the same as God the Son, your body is not the same as your spirit nor your mind the same as your body. Each is separate in its own role but they're equal in its value and its contribution of making up you. And you may be wondering why I'm talking about this, where this ties into fitness and and why strength coach is talking about the Trinity in a fitness podcast. Well, if you don't know by now, faith is a big part of my life and I find a lot of tie-ins to our faith in our body. And I think that our body is a way that God shows himself because we are intricately made in his image There will be reflections of him in our body if we choose to see them. And because you are made in the image of God, it's impossible for you by your innate design to separate the actions you take in your body and the thoughts you have in your mind from your spirit, which is why it's vitally important for the believer that we approach fitness from a very different place than the rest of the world as a way to make much of Jesus not ourselves, and to love him better, not love ourselves better through our physical body. By simply changing the perspective of the rain or simply changing the perspective of fitness, we can change the entire trajectory of our lives and the outcome as well of our efforts in fitness. I've seen this change hearts. I've seen this change minds and bodies from a place of anxiety where they were feeling anxious about their body, they were feeling shameful, they were feeling guilty and self-doubting, to a place of confidence, peace, and freedom without the immediate change of seeing their body change. A lot of people have make the mistake of believing, once I have this body, then I will have the confidence, then I will have the peace, then I will have the freedom, when in reality, it has to start at your heart. It has to start from the inside and work its way out. Because when you remember that the crave is empty, I can assure you this is possible for you. If you are a believer, this is 100% possible for you if you have the Holy Spirit within you. I hope this makes sense. You can love your body when you don't always like it, even if it sounds impossible to you right now. You can show up for your training when you don't always feel motivated. You can refuse to give into the temptation to believe you should hide your body or stay silent because you're not fit enough. You can do these things. 
through the power of the Holy Spirit and when we invite God into our health journey. And that is why today's topic is so important, why I'm so passionate about this. Because when we choose to center our goals around what God wants for us instead of what we want for us, we set ourselves up to make much of Jesus and live a life of flourishing instead of floundering in self-doubt or body shame. See, taking a holistic approach to caring for your body, mind, and spirit is a very well-worthy work to do. So how to pivot from that? Now, now you know why it's so vitally important for the believer to practice faith-fueled fitness. Let's talk about what this actually looks like and what it doesn't look like. Because I think it's vitally important. A lot of people wonder how we can tell the difference between approaching fitness from a place of the world or approaching fitness from a place of God honoring. Well, it's not necessarily something that you can see on the outside. This is something that it reflects a posture of our heart. But here's three things that it does not look like. Faith-filled fitness doesn't mean that the only reason we should take care of our bodies is for better ministry, for better witnessing or serving opportunities. And while I talk about this in this podcast, I don't know about you, but I personally grew up in a church that drew a very thick line in the sand between the sacred and the secular. Either all things were sacred or all things were secular. And when we look at creation, we see that he created all things as good. The spiritual realm, the physical realm, they are all good and they're all interconnected. Listen, your body is worthy to take care of simply because it was made in the image of God. That's it. You have inherent value and God cares about you. He cares about your body. He loves you and he wants you to have a flourishing life. Now, does this mean that we won't necessarily experience suffering? No, not necessarily. I train people all the time who have joint issues, who have pack pain, who have these things. But because we live in a broken world, we will face this reality. But it does not mean that God does not care about us, but that he vastly values our holiness more than our happiness. And what we can learn from those times of trial or from that suffering, from those hardships, just like James talks about, those trials bring us closer to God and create that holiness ultimately. It's a little bit of a tangent there, but faithful fitness does mean this. It means that because you are made in the image of God, you can run, lift, stretch, and walk just simply because it's a blessing for the Lord. It is a blessing from the Lord that you can experience a more fruitful and fulfilling life. Training is not purely about what it allows you to do for serving the Lord. While that is a big part of it, you in and of yourself are worthy because you are made in the image of God to take care of your body. I hope that makes sense. Okay, number two, faithful fitness doesn't mean that beauty is bad or pursuing beauty is a bad thing. I think that some believers can shift so far to the other side from the world that they stand in a place where they say you shouldn't work out at all or working out with goals of looking better is a bad thing. And I just don't believe that's true. I believe that we see a lot of descriptors of people in the Bible that were beautiful, that were described as beautiful, and that is not a bad thing. I think there's this fuzzy line in a lot of active women's minds when it comes to how they see their body and the desires that they have for it. 
and how that fits into their spiritual health. There's kind of this like odd divide. And if we're being honest, I think that as a whole, the church hasn't done the best job of educating or empowering women to define beauty for women very well. And so a lot of us, myself included, create our own version of beauty. And as a result, we can get off track and find ourselves desiring things that aren't always going to lead to the happiness that we think that they will, or even more important, will definitely not lead to the holiness that God desires for us. See, here's the thing. Beauty is not bad. Think of all the aspects of creation that you see and your jaw just drops in wonder. Like if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, it is impossible to see the Grand Canyon and not be filled with awe and wonder at its beauty. See, wanting to be beautiful or desirable is not a bad thing. But when that becomes a demand, when we take that desire for beauty, which a standard, by the way, is important to know, does not come from God, but from the world. And when we begin to demand that of our body at that point, when a desire becomes a demand that we build bitterness and hate against our body is the point at which we have taken a good thing and we've suddenly made it a God thing. Proverbs 31.30 says that beauty is fleeting. It doesn't last, which is why it isn't our anchor for fitness. It's not our why. Why? Because there's a much better why out there, which leads me to my last point. Number three, faithful fitness isn't driven by a desire for status, but a desire for stewardship. Have you ever thought to yourself, once I have those legs, once I hit that PR, once I get that body fat percentage, then I'll be happier? Or maybe it was more indirect. Maybe you thought to yourself, I can't wait until I finally get those quads or finally see that definition or finally see those delts. Well, if you've ever felt that way, know that I completely get you. I've been there too. And I've had those same thoughts. It's tough. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but here's the rub and why this thinking got myself into a whopping amount of worry and stress. I put myself in the center of my universe. Everything I did for my body was for my purposes and my pleasure. I was not considering God's kingdom or his glory. It was centered around me. And I don't know about you, but I love a lot of me. And that selfishness only led to more anxiety and focus on self than I ever really wanted. So if you found yourself wishing away your life and wishing away your body or wanting to change your body to find happiness or contentment, it's okay. I get it. There's grace for every misstep. There's grace for every misinterpretation. There's grace for misunderstanding because we serve a steadfastly loving, unquestionably merciful, and lavishly gracious God. And not only is he those things, he's also a jealous God who desires the best for us. And our best is to live a flourishing life with God as our desire. We are innately designed to desire God. And when our desire is set on God and his will for our life and his desires for our life, we flourish. And by flourishing, I mean that we live more joyful and more content life. And that flourishing happens best when we are worshiping the God we were designed to, not ourselves and our own desires. 
which is why it's vital that we step into the place of fitness. We step into our fitness journey from a place of stewardship, not desiring status, stewardship for our God-given gift that is our body. And we can humbly accept that gift that we've been given. There's an interesting thing that happens once you start to see definition, once you start to see strength, you can kind of start to get a little prideful and think that you did it. But the reality is God gave you the ability to build muscle. Every single thing that we have, the ability to move, the ability to breathe, the ability to lift comes from the Lord. And so we honor him through our fitness. You have the ability to humbly approach strength training your body, humbly approach training your body because you know that it comes from him ultimately, not from you. And you know that you don't have to train, you don't have to lift, you don't have to work to earn acceptance, maybe acceptance from yourself or acceptance from others. I don't know about you, but sometimes the hardest person to find acceptance from is yourself. But you can know and you can rest in the fact that God accepts you. He loves you right here where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He loves you and he lavishly gives you his grace. He lavishly gives you his mercy. You are accepted by him and he is also worthy of your worship. And you can make your workouts a component of that worship. See, faithful fitness is less about making us better versions of ourselves. I put out an Instagram reel recently about how there's no biblical backing for being your best self. We are not trying to clean up and make more of a thing that is already broken. We are trying to restore ourselves to more of God and less of us. Making God bigger and ourselves smaller is the work of a believer. That is the definition of sanctification, perhaps oversimplified. And so when we choose to pursue fitness in this way, everything changes. It changes our perspective of the rain. We're not seeing it as this thing that is oppressive, as this thing that we have to do, or this thing that is all life encompassing, or this thing that we hook our identity into. Instead, we can pursue it from a different aspect, from a different perspective. We can see the rain. We can see the things in our life like fitness as a gift, as a blessing that we are able to move, that God has given us the ability to care for our body and the ability to choose a lifestyle that allows us to feel better on a day-to-day basis. So as I conclude this episode, I want you to take a pause. In a moment, I want you to pause this episode and reflect on a few things. Number one, how is your fitness journey currently? Do you struggle to hold fitness as a way to control your body? Maybe as a way to feel accepted by yourself or others or to make yourself feel better? I want you to take a few seconds now to reflect on this. Just pause this episode. I promise I'll be here when you get back. Okay. Did you do that? I hope that you did. You know that we are taking about action here. We are all about action. So next question. Number two, how can you make your fitness more about worshiping God for who he is and what he's done for you and less about worrying about your body? Pause, reflect, perhaps jot down some answers. There's no right or wrong answers, by the way. And I'll be here when you get back. 
Okay, number three and last question for you. What truth do you need to be reminded of more often from God's word that will help you on your journey to a fitness that is fueled by faith? Okay, if you just paused the podcast and had a hard time thinking of some verses or truth that came to mind, I want to give you some to look up on your own time. The first one is Peter 4.10. As each of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be room enough to store it. In Psalm 139, I'm not going to give you just verse 14. I want you to read the whole thing, knowing that this psalm is less about us and more about just how great our God is and getting back into that place of worship for him. So you've been given insights, you've been given perspective and ways to view your fitness differently. And it's my hope that you do something with this. Take those thoughts captive that have been telling you that you're not good enough and replacing them with worship of our good and our great God. And I promise you that you'll find yourself not only feeling more at peace, but more importantly, living into your God-given purpose of making much of Jesus. And if this podcast did speak to you in some way, don't keep it to yourself. The fact that you're listening at the end tells me that you likely needed to take something from what I shared today, and you're not alone in that. Share this podcast with a friend and you will literally make their day. And if you want more faith-based fitness perspectives and tips to help you on your journey, follow me on Instagram at True Strength Collective. Make the bold move of sending me a DM and let me know that you thought of this episode because I'd love to hear about just how strong and capable you are becoming. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura. Laura.